Hi there, this is Kevin Skinner, pastor at First Baptist Church in Stockdale, Texas, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. If you live in the Stockdale area, then I would invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to worship with us in person. You can also check out our webpage at fbcstockdale.org. Here at First Baptist, we are a community church with a kingdom mission, and we invite you to join us on that mission. So you may or may not be familiar with the name Horatio Spafford. Horatio Spafford was born in 1828 in New York, but he really became well known for his Christian testimony as an adult while living in Chicago. Spafford and his wife Anna, they had five children, and they they were also friends with the well-known evangelist D.L. Moody. Unfortunately, in 1870, tragedy struck their home when their four-year-old son died suddenly of scarlet fever. And then a year later, in 1871, when the great Chicago fire swept through downtown, many of the properties that were owned by, uh, by Spafford were destroyed, ultimately ruining him financially. And in 1873, Spafford and his family, they decided to travel to England. They were going to work alongside D.L. Moody with, uh, with some of his evangelistic crusades that he had going on over there. But unfortunately, Spafford became delayed because of some business that he had in Chicago. And so what he did is he, he put his, his wife and daughters on a ship to travel over to England, and he was going to meet up with them later on. Unfortunately, as that ship was traveling across the Atlantic Ocean, it struck another vessel and it sank very quickly. And while his wife Anna survived, his four daughters did not. And his wife sent him a now famous telegram, said two words, saved alone. Not too long after receiving that telegram, Spafford himself would board a ship to travel to England to meet up with his grieving wife. And as he was traveling across the Atlantic Ocean, the captain of the ship came over to him and and pointed out the very place that, that they were traveling over. This was the place that his family ship had sunk, the place that his four daughters had perished. And it's believed that in that moment he went into his cabin and he penned the words of the song that we just sang a few minutes ago, It Is Well With My Soul. I want you to think about that for a moment. Here Spafford is, faced with great tragedy, faced with great grief, and yet the words that came out of the depths of his heart at this time were words of great hope and great peace. So music tends to be a big part of our life as believers, or or as humans, as believers too, but but as humans. We we play songs at, at time of celebration, We play songs at times of sorrow, and sometimes, uh, even in the most difficult of circumstances, God will give us a song of great hope and great peace, just reminding us of the relationship that we have with Him. So we're in a series right now titled, A Soundtrack for Life, and as we're going through this series, we're simply looking at a different psalm, a different song in the book of Psalms. Each week. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me today to Psalm chapter 46. Psalm chapter 46, we're going to look at verses 1 through 11. That's the entirety of our chapter. Psalm 46, 1 through 11. Now, as you're turning there, let me just set this up for you. 
just like the song, It Is Well With My Soul, is a song of great hope, a song of great peace. The psalm that we're going to look at today is also a song of great hope and great peace. Now, unlike the previous five song, psalms that we've looked at so far, this psalm was not written by David. This psalm was written by the sons of Korah. So who were the sons of Korah? Well, Korah was the grandson of a man by the name of Kohath. And the Kohathites, the, the lineage of Kohath, the Kohathites, they served in the tabernacle. They took care of the sanctuary in the tabernacle. They cared for the ark. They cared for the, the table. They cared for the lampstand. Stand. They, they cared for the sanctuary itself. And so the Kohathites were people with, with hearts of service. Until we get to Korah. Korah, the grandson of Kohath, Korah did not have a heart of service, although he was likely serving in the tabernacle. He didn't have a heart of service. He had a heart of pride. And in his pride, he, along with some Reubenites, they gathered up a group of about 250 men to challenge Moses and Aaron's authority to lead. And really what they were doing is they were challenging God. They were challenging God's authority in their own life. And so as things came to a head, as, as this group challenged Moses and Aaron, the Lord opened up the earth and swallowed up Korah and, and all of these that were leading in this rebellion, swallowed up the, these individuals, also swallowed up their possessions, swallowed, swallowed up their households. But we're told in the book of Numbers that Korah's sons were spared. It could be that, that they were so young and so innocent at the time, they didn't realize any of their father's rebellion, and so the, the Lord spared their, their lives. So now we fast forward to, to when Korah's sons are adults. And in their adulthood, Korah's sons here are serving the Lord once again. In fact, they're serving in the tabernacle, and they have become leaders of the choral music. Here they are leading worship in the tabernacle. So unlike their father, they're not leading others to rebel against the Lord. The sons of Korah are leading others to worship the Lord. So let me pause right here and say this. You are not defined by the sins of those that came before you. Let me say that again. You are not defined by the sins of those that came before you. You may say, well, well my dad or my granddad was an alcoholic. That doesn't mean that you also have to be an alcoholic, right? You may say, well, my parents were prideful people. That doesn't mean that you have to be a prideful person. You may say, well, my parents or my grandparents, they rejected the Lord altogether. They did not follow Christ. Listen, they may have rejected the Lord. You can choose to walk in obedience to the Lord. You are not defined by the sins of those that came before you. And that really is the beauty of the gospel, Right? The, the gospel is for each one of us as individuals, regardless of the decision that our parents made, regardless of the decisions that our grandparents made. We each have the opportunity to come to Jesus with our sins, with our burdens. We have the opportunity to come to Jesus and to be redeemed. We have the opportunity to worship the Lord for ourselves. Maybe your parents or your grandparents didn't worship the Lord you can worship the Lord. You can even lead others to worship the Lord as well because you are not defined by the sins of those that came before you. 
So the song that we're going to read is a song of worship led by the song uh, led by the sons of Korah. Their father didn't worship the Lord, but they are worshiping the Lord and they are leading others to worship the Lord as well. So let's read this song of worship right now. Psalm 46 verses 1 through 11. It says, "God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore we will not be afraid." Though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas, though its waters, water roars and foams and the mountains quake with its turmoil, there is a river. Its streams delight the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is within her. She will not be toppled. God will help her when the morning dawns. Nations rage. Kingdoms topple. The earth melts when he lifts his voice. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come see the works of the Lord who brings devastation on the earth. He makes wars cease throughout the earth. He shatters bows and cuts spears to pieces. He sets wagons ablaze. Stop your fighting and know that I am God, exalted among the nations, exalted on the earth. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. So as we start off looking at this passage this morning, I want to jump right down to verse 10. Because the first part of verse 10 is probably one of the most well-known verses for believers. Now the CSB translates it, stop your fighting or stop fighting and know that I am God. But you may be more familiar with the New King James Version or the New International Version, which translates it as be still. And know that I am God. And the New King James Version, the the New International Version, they're not bad translations for this verse, but I do think that the CSB gives us a little more insight into what the sons of Korah were saying here, what, what God was saying here when he says, Stop your fighting and know that I am God. So the sons of Korah, they are singing about. Not only the the battles and the wars that we face in this world, but they're also singing about those that are battling against God himself, much like their grandfather, much like Korah did, their father did. And so in this song, they they realize that that God is over everything. They, They recognize God is the ultimate victor. And because God is the ultimate victor, because God is over everything, we see God's voice interjected here. And God says, in the midst of the battles, in the midst of the wars that are raging, stop your fighting and know that I am God. You see, when we recognize that he is God, when we recognize that he is the victor, when, he, when we recognize who he is in this world and when we recognize who he is in our own lives, then our fighting at times, especially when we're fighting against him, really becomes unnecessary and, and And what happens is when we recognize who he is, we're able to simply rest in his presence. We're able to simply experience peace in his presence. So let me say just a couple of things here. First, you may be facing some type of battle in your own life today. Maybe it's a battle in your marriage. Maybe you're battling some type of sin. Maybe it's your own thoughts, some internal fears, anxieties, worries, if that's you, if you're going through some type of battle today, then then let me encourage you to hear God's voice here once again. 
Stop your fighting. Be still and know that I am God. Listen, if God is big enough to part the Red Seas, if God is big enough to raise Jesus up from the dead, defeating death and the grave, there is nothing in your life that is too big for him. Stop your fighting and know that he is God in your life. Second, you may be battling God himself. Maybe you're here today or maybe you're joining us online and, and you are resisting, fully surrendering to the Lord. If that's you, if you are battling God himself, then I would encourage you to hear God's voice in this verse once again. Stop your fighting and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Would you recognize who God is today? Would you recognize that he is over everything, including you? And would you simply just begin to rest in his presence? Stop your fighting and know that he is God. So we see this verse, stop your fighting, be still and know that I am God. And really this verse is a call to peace for us. That as we recognize who God is in our lives, that we would be able to experience this peace today and every single day as we simply stop and recognize who he is. And so for the next few moments, we're going to look at a couple, of, a couple of reasons that we can be still and know that he is God. And then towards the end, we're going we're gonna to put this into practice in a very practical way. So first, we can be still and know that he is God because he is our protector we can be still and know that he's God because he is our protector. Let's read verse 1 again. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. We can be still and know that he's God because he is our protector. So the first word that we see there is the word refuge. And it implies that God is a shelter for us, a place for us to go when the storms of life Come. So back in the 80s when my dad pastored this church and we were living in the house next door, there was a, a large storm, potentially a tornado that blew through Stockdale. It uprooted some trees around town. There was a big tree on the playground over the, at the elementary school that it just ripped out of the ground. And so my dad and mom, they woke us up in the middle of the night and they took us into our hallway in that house, a hallway that didn't have any windows. They shut the doors. And as we're sitting there in the hallway, my mom began to pass pillows out to us. Well, it's the middle of the night, so I took that pillow and I laid down. I'm going to go back to sleep. My mom said, no, 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 the pillow is not for you to go to sleep on. The pillow is for you to cover your head with in case the ceiling falls in. I don't know how much a pillow was going to do if the roof caved in on us. But, you know, as we think about God being our shelter, right, we're not told that he is our pillow just to cover our heads with, right? God is our refuge. God is our shelter. When we go to him, when we go into his presence, his protection is not just for, for our heads. His protection is all around us. We are surrounded by his protection. So let me just pause right here and ask, what storms are you going through today? What storms are you going through today? Others before me have, have said this, and, and I've said this before. You're either coming out of a storm, you're going into a storm, or you're in the storm right now. And, and if you would say, 
man, I am in a storm right now, whatever type of storm that may be in your life, if you would say, I'm in a storm right now, then I would just encourage you, run to God, run to his presence, recognize who God is in your life, that he is the victor, and simply experience that refuge, that shelter that you have in him. So we see that word refuge. The, the next word that we see there is strength. God is our strength. Now, this may come as a surprise to you, but I was not the strongest kid in my school growing up. No. Right? No. <laughs> I didn't play football. I, in fact, I didn't play any sports at all. And so weightlifting exercise, that was not a part of my daily routine. And spoiler alert, it's still not a part of my daily routine. <laughs> And so for me, it's not difficult for me to recognize that physically I am weak, right? But I think many times we want to appear strong. Men, we, want, we may want to appear strong for our wives. Women, you may want to appear strong for your children. Sometimes we all just want to appear strong in our jobs. We, we all have many different reasons that we may put on this facade of strength but at the end of the day, if we are honest with ourselves, there are areas in our life where we struggle. There are areas in our life where we are weak. And so we have this great promise here that it is God who is our strength. So I want you to hear this today. You don't have to be strong all the time. You don't have to be strong all the time. It's okay for you to let your guard down and simply rest in the Lord's strength, especially in those areas that you and I recognize that we are weak in, that we struggle in. Run to the Lord. He is your strength in those times of weakness. And spoiler alert for him, he is never weak. He is always strong. So we see that word refuge and we see that word strength. We also see that God is always found in times of trouble. Other translations say that God is our ever-present help in times of trouble. So when I was a kid and we were living in Rockport, my sister and I, we were walking from the back of the house to the front of the house. And as we were walking from one side of the house to the other, we heard something behind us. And so we looked over our shoulder and we saw this Goliath of a dog walking behind us. All right, if you've ever seen the Sandlot, the dog that's on the other side of the fence, there was this Goliath of a dog that was behind us. Now, in actuality, I think it was just a yellow lab, probably no bigger than the dog that we have now. Right. But as kids, this was the, a giant dog that was behind us. And we did the worst thing possible that you can do with the dog. We started running. And so as we start running, this dog starts chasing us. It probably was just playing with us, but this dog starts chasing us. My sister and I are running. There were some shelves mounted on the side of our house. My sister climbed up those shelves, left me high and dry. I'm running. I look over. I'm running alone now. This dog is still chasing me, so I run behind the house. The dog follows me. And I don't know where to go. There's this tree, so I run behind this tree kind of in the corner of the house. The dog run, runs up to me, literally corners me, and just starts barking in my face. So what do I do? I start shouting, Mama! Daddy! <laughs> I start hollering, and so my parents come running, and they came to my rescue. 
as we think about God, we're told he is always found in times of trouble. He is our ever-present help, which means two things. One, he's not going to climb up some shelves and leave you high and dry like my sister did, right? He's not going to run off and leave you alone. But two, we don't even have to wait for him to get there like I had to wait for my parents as I cried out to them. When we call on God, he is already there with us. He is our ever-present help in times of trouble. He's always with us. So I want you to hear this. Whatever you might be going through today, whatever you might be struggling with, The Lord is already there with you. He's already there with you. He is your ever-present help in times of trouble. So we can be still and know that He is God because He is our protector. And second, we can be still and know that He is God because He is our provider. Let's read verse 4 again. It says, There is a river. Its streams delight the city of God, the holy place, uh, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. We can be still and know that He is God because He is our provider. Now, we are in a summer right now that, that really provides a great illustration for us. Because aside from the rain that, that we received this morning, and, and we actually received some last Sunday as well, thank the Lord. Right? We really have not had much rain. We haven't had much pre- precipitation this summer. And so in the midst of the heat, in the midst of the drought, we have seen what the lack of water does to life. Right? It devastates crops. It devastates cattle. When we don't have that water that we so desperately need, it devastates life. And so as the sons of Korah sing this song, they recognize that that flowing from God in the city of God is this river that flows, a river that brings life to us. And so, so God is the provider of life to us, and we see this most clearly through Jesus Christ, providing life for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. But also as we think about a river... It doesn't just provide life for us. It also provides times of refreshment. When we went to youth camp to Alto Frio this summer, just last month, we looked forward to, maybe even longed for, the times each day when it was free time because we knew during free time we were going to go down into the river. And in the midst of the summer heat that just literally drained us each day, it was so refreshing to be able to just jump in that chilly water and just soak in that water for a couple of hours. It provided us that refreshment through the river that God provides for us. It provides life for us, but it also provides refreshment for us. In times when life just seems to drain us, when, it, when everything around us seems to drain the life from us, we can run to God and His presence will refresh us. His water, His river refreshes us. And just like Jesus said to the woman at the well, the water that Jesus provides, the water that God provides to us, this well, this river is a river that will never run 
dry. It doesn't matter how many times we've gone to it before, there is always going to be water there. The river at Alto Frio is actually getting a little low this summer because of the drought, but we can rest assured that God's water, God's river will never get low. It will never run dry. And so we can be still and know that he's God because he is our protector, and we can be still and know that he is God because he is our provider, and this should offer great peace for us. Now, understand that the only way that we can receive this peace, the only way that we can receive this hope, the only way that we can receive this refuge, this shelter, the only way we can receive this life is through Jesus Christ who came into this world and died on the cross for your sins and mine. It is only through that right relationship with him that we are able to receive all of these things that we see in this passage because Jesus is our access to God who is our refuge and strength, to God who is our, our ever-present help in times of trouble, to God who is the river that is flowing with life and refreshment. It is only through Jesus that we can receive the desperate peace that we need in this world. And so as we've talked about this peace this morning, as we've talked about this verse be still, stop your fighting, and know that I am God. What I want us to do is put this into practice in a practical way simply by pausing this morning to observe the Lord's Supper. And this is what I want you to do this morning. As we observe the Lord's Supper, right? The Lord's Supper is a time for us to remember. It's a time for us to remember Christ's sacrifice, His body broken for us, His blood shed for us. It is a time for us to remember who God is and what he has done for us. And so as we pause today to observe the Lord's Supper, let me encourage you, whatever you might be going through today, confess it to the Lord during this time. As we partake of the bread, as we partake of the juice, as we remember who God is, would you confess those struggles, those battles, whatever you might be going through, confess it to the Lord and simply be still and know that he is God. So I'm going to invite the deacons forward at this time so we can observe the Lord's Supper. And as they come, let me just give these instructions. If you are here today, whether you're a member of this local church body or not, if you have given your life to Christ, you know Jesus as Lord, then I would invite you to share in the Lord's Supper with us, to partake of this with us. But if you're here today and you would say, you know what? I haven't come to that place yet that, I, that I've confessed Jesus as the Lord of my life, then I would encourage you to let the plate pass by you. If you have children here today that have not yet given their life to Christ, then I would encourage you to let the plate pass by them. We have some children that have given their life to Christ. They're going to participate today, some for the first time. But if, if your children or if you have not yet given your life to Christ, then let that place pass by, let the plate pass by you because... When we partake of the Lord's Supper, what we are saying is we are sharing in all of these things that we've talked about. We're sharing in Christ's death. We're sharing in his resurrection. We're sharing in the hope. We're sharing in the peace. We're sharing in his shelter and in the river of life. And so if you haven't confessed Jesus Christ as the Lord, if you can't say that you're sharing in all of those things through Jesus, then let that place pass, plate pass on by you this morning.
If you haven't done so yet, you can peel that top layer back, and that's going to expose the, the wafer, the bread. And if you would, take that bread, and let's just pause, and let's thank the Lord for his body that has been broken for us. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for who you are, and, and as we pause today to remember your sacrifice, as we think about your body that was whipped, your body that was broken on our behalf, Lord, we, we recognize the victory that we have in you. And so, Lord, whatever battle that we might be going through, I pray, Lord, that we would just lay those battles at your feet, recognizing that the battle has been won by you on the cross. And so we thank you, Lord, for your, your body that has been broken for us. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Jesus said, this is my body, eat this in remembrance of me. And now you can peel back that second layer. It's going to expose the juice. And let's pause once again to thank the Lord for his blood that has been poured out for us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your shed blood on the cross, the blood that provides the remission, the forgiveness of our sins, Lord. There is no greater victory to be won than, than the victory of our salvation. And Lord, if you can die on the cross and raise up from the dead, Lord, there is nothing in our life that you cannot deal with. And so today, as we pause to remember you, may we lay down those things once again, simply remembering that you are God. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your blood. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Jesus said, as often as you drink this, drink this in remembrance of me. So I'm going to allow the deacons to go back to their seats at this time. And just as we pause today to remember who God is as, as we have observed the Lord's Supper together, let me encourage you, you don't have to have the Lord's Supper to remember who God is in your life. You can remember who He is each and every day. You can lay those burdens down at His feet each and every day. Every single day you can, you can experience the shelter of God. Every single day you can experience the presence of God. Every single day you can experience this life and refresh, refreshment that flows from God every single day. We need only to be still and know that He is God. And if we will do that, then a great song of peace will be on the soundtrack of our life. Now, if you're here today and you would say, you've never given your life to Christ, you don't know that peace, then I want to give you the opportunity, before we close, I want to give you the opportunity to respond. And so if that's you, we're going to sing a song in just a minute. And as we sing this song, if you would say, that's me, I've never given my life to Christ, but today, recognizing that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, recognizing the lack of peace in my life as I've been fighting these battles on my own, struggling on my own. Today, if you would say, I'm ready to lay it all down, I'm ready to be still and know that he is God. If that's you, if you're ready to make Jesus the Lord of your life, then as we sing this song, I'm going to invite you to respond. I'm going to be standing right down front. Would you just step out of your seat and join me down here? 
we can talk together, we can pray together, and today you can receive the greatest peace that you will ever know through Jesus Christ. And maybe you're here and you would say, I've given my life to Christ, but I've never taken that step of baptism, the step that Jay took this morning. If today you're ready to commit to making that public profession of faith through baptism, then I would encourage you to respond as well. You can come forward, we can talk, we can pray, we can make that commitment together this morning. Maybe you're here and you would say, I've given my life to Christ. I've taken that step of baptism by immersion already. I've been visiting First Baptist Church, Stockdale. I know that God's calling me to make this my church home, to come alongside of this body of believers, to join my life with this body of believers, to join us on mission here in what God is doing here in Stockdale, Texas. If that's you, if God's calling you to become a member of this church, then I would invite you to respond as well. But whatever it is that God's calling you to do in these final moments... As we sing this song, would you respond obediently? Would you stand with me right now and let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Thanks for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of every service, I offer an invitation to respond, and I'd like to invite you to respond today. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you'd like information about membership here at First Baptist Stockdale, then head on over to fbcstockdale.org respond. Your response will come directly to me, and I'll follow up with you this week. God bless you, and have a great week.